Welcome to this week's Monday meeting. Today is April 3rd, 2023. It's been uh, 532 days since our last meeting, so it's been a bit. Monday meetings are a chance for motion designers from around the globe to connect, ask questions, share inspiration, and engage with industry-leading artists on a level playing field. Your host today is me, Mark Cernosia. Today we'll be kind of just re-kicking up Monday meeting stuff, having an open discussion. If you have a question, please use the raise your hand function in Zoom. We'll call on you. If you're unable to ask your question, you can always type, you know, question in the uh, chat window and we'll try to stay on top of those as well. So if you don't have a mic and you're just listening in, as usual, this call will be recorded. So if you have any concerns about something said on the call, let us know and we will uh, cut it out of the final release. Opening topics, first and foremost, welcome back. We're excited to have uh, Monday meetings kind of come back. We had a lot of people reach out in the last, I, I would say since the beginning of the year, the last couple months, asking whether or not this is gonna come back. For those who don't know, we ran this for about five seasons up until 2021. Uh, and those seasons were pretty much a year long. So we we had quite a bit of content and there actually is still a lot of content posted on all the podcast platforms and on our website. Um, some of that obviously is dated now just because, you know, we try to stay on, you know, emerging topics and, and current topics. Um, but there's also some really good information. If you want to go back through that archive of just, um, Anywhere from freelance tips to, you know, interviewing different artists and then breaking down projects. So there's still a bunch of relevant information in those past uh, podcasts. But if you do miss this live recording, um, we do post them. So feel free to share and listen to those on any podcasting platform you listen to. So yeah, 532 days since our last meeting, which is kind of insane. It's been a long time. We've had a global pandemic in the midst of that. Now we have a lot of different uh, economic things happening around the world. We have a bunch of new technologies rapidly changing our, our uh, industry. And so I thought it was a great time to kick it back up. Now, the, the biggest difference that you will probably uh c is that liam isn't here and liam has just decided to move on he's got a lot of stuff going on and he just doesn't have time this is a time suck for us but that's fine and you know that was one reason why we kind of put it on pause for a bit so anyway that's how it is now who knows liam might want to come back in a little bit but for now it'll just be me kind of hosting these things and I will put out an open call that if anyone does want to kind of become a Monday meeting host and help out uh, leading some of these discussions, we're all for that. So just either shoot me an email info at mondaymeeting.com or DM me on any of the platforms. And yeah, so that I thought, you know, would be kind of a good kickoff to, to bring this back to. I guess I don't even know where to start. I mean, there's a lot to cover. There's a lot we haven't talked about. Uh, it's been a long time. So let's do this. 
since there's a lot of new faces here as well, let's just start. Maybe we'll go around uh, our virtual group here. And why don't you maybe give it just a quick intro of who you are and like maybe what type of work you do, any challenges or successes you've had in the past year or so, uh, or any questions you may want to pose to the group. So with that being said, let's kick it off with Roland. Uh, I know you're over in Singapore, but welcome to Monday meeting. Thanks for joining. And we're happy to see a new face here. All right. Can can everyone hear me? Yep. All good. All right. So, okay. Yeah. So um, it's 10, 13 p.m. I'm in Singapore. GMT plus eight. So um, I've been around and about in the social media I think I'm into my 25th year or thereabouts. Um, if you guys have heard of Creative Cow, I was with Creative Cow since the first day. I was one of the um, After Effects forum leaders. Amazing. Um, yep, I was there <laughs> for 12, 14 years, and then I stopped. And then uh, last four years thereabouts, maybe five, I was at the official After Effects, um, Adobe After Effects forum. And I left that late last year. And I'm on the Slack Motion MBA, Slack MBA. So I'm there quite a bit. And I'm passionate about After Effects, Mocha. Um, I used to be a certified expert in After Effects. I'm a certified trainer with Mocha. Um, these days, I'm passionate about design systems and trying to get motion graphics into um design systems or to be a part of a design system these days man when you hear about design systems and stuff it's mostly about ui ux web um very very, very little about uh motion graphics um stuff that those of us who work with after effects do and i'm sure a lot of us have done lower thirds <laughs> you know <laughs> boring stuff like that but i'm trying to make it into a system so that brand owners um creative ops design ops will more readily accept um, After Effects stuff, not just as a, a add-on here and there, but as as part of their design system. Yeah. I'm very passionate about that these days. So Awesome. Like, well, we need people doing that because there's a lot of designers that just don't ever consider motion, right? Like, just in terms of graphic design and stuff, like, like if you're not considering how those designs will move, right? Like, you're you're kind of leaving a massive thing on the table there as a exactly. designer. And then when we're talking about identity branding or brand design and stuff like that, um, what they want a lot is, is what we can offer and that's consistency in mm -hmm. terms of the branding. Like no one fucks about with their logo, right? In terms of the colors, well, sometimes they do, but, <laughs> but as a general, general rule, they don't. And this is where we come in and provide um, high level templates and not just normal templates, but I'm looking at adaptive and responsive templates. Yeah. So yep. templates are templates, give it to a different person, it may come out differently, but adaptive and responsive templates, if designed, coded well, and they're well-developed, they'll provide the consistency that, that a lot of brands and organizations want, really, really want. Very cool. Sorry, I can't sing, but you know, I try. That's great. Thanks for that uh, rundown, Roland. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you for having Dave, me. Uh, Dave, you're next on my uh, on my screen here. Dave Myers. What's up, man? Hello. Good to see you. 
Yeah, um, I remember when the uh, Monday meetings were happening back in the past, but uh, I usually never jumped on them. So uh, <laughs> happy to be here this time around. Yeah, um, man. Awesome. Yeah, I've been doing uh, motion design stuff since I got out of out of university with a design degree and um, wasn't too into making menus and uh, <laughs> billboards and stuff like that and had a lot of fun doing animation. So I uh, just started learning 3D and um, it, to me it was like I didn't need to play video games or, or anything. It was my new video game to totally. learn and find all of the <laughs> tutorials online, how to beat this level and things like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, I feel like it's just a never ending, like always new tools to learn and new things to figure out and keep getting better and making cool stuff. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. And where are you located? Uh, I'm in Massachusetts now. So, okay. Right on. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining today, Dave. Yeah. Glad to be here. All right. Next, I got Augustine. You're up on my on my matrix of faces here. <laughs> um, my name is Augustine. I'm in Europe. I'm one of the few that like joins it from Europe, I think. Um, I'm a creative and art director for motion and film. So I do both. Um, I'm kind of like a Swiss Army knife, if you want. Like, if through many years of work, I've been working in like feature films, in VFX, in motion, design. And so I've been like dabbling in all those things. And um, I, I couldn't, I mean, I wouldn't settle for one anyway. So like I couldn't do all emotion or do all of this because honestly, if I could learn everything about anything, like I would, <laughs> like if you, tomorrow you talk to me about like this new thing in medicine where they, you are going to cure cancer, I'm going to find it awesome. And I would want to learn about it. And if I could like become a doctor and get into it, like I would, but like that we only have one life. So that's not it. possible. And uh, yeah, for me, COVID was like, let's say positive because I managed to work with American companies, which was like something that before was very hard to do when you were European. Yeah. They had this like notion of like, no, you have to be in the U S and, uh, and so for me, COVID opened, opened, those doors. And then since then I've been working with brands kind of all around the world. So that's me. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining again, Augustine. Augustine had been around uh, for a lot of those early meetings as well. Um, so good to see you again. Um, yeah. And it's a pleasure to see this back. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know, honestly, uh, for those who join just now, uh, it, before we even kicked off the call, there was just so many people that were reaching out, wondering if these things would come back. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just happy to see that people are into it and do want it to come back because I think it is an important platform for all of us to have discussions and it doesn't have to filter through a Slack channel or a discord. So um, I'm all for it. Um, Jen, you're next on my face matrix here. <laughs> Nice. Welcome. Um, thank you. Uh, Jen Van Horn. I I had gone to a few of these right before um, and right. then the pandemic happened. To the <laughs> um, and I guess since then, uh, I, after announcing to the world that I would never take a full-time job, I took a full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> um, I became also a um, 
I don't remember if I was a TA at School of Motion then um, when I was doing these meetings, but I've been TAing for School of Motion. I've taken the last couple of semesters off as I figure out my full-time job, my part-time jobs, and <laughs> part-time TAing and Skillshare teacher. So I'm kind of doing a lot of stuff, um, but I am a senior designer, designer, even though it's motion and design uh, for Craftsman Plus, which is a company that we do these um we produce ads for mobile and video games, which is really fun uh, because I used to be a huge gamer and now I'm trying to get back into it. So it's kind of nice that stuff comes for full circle. And I am the creative lead for Microsoft games and I'm a total solitaire addict. So that was like perfect. For- <laughs> <laughs> they love Minecraft. Watch out or not Minecraft. What is it? Uh, Minesweeper. Minesweeper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Minesweeper. And then we have Mahjong and uh, Sudoku as well uh, oh there you go so yeah so they love it when i'm in the meeting i was like oh you mean like when it does this this and this they're like oh that's right you play i'm like yeah (laughs) the perfect person to put on this account uh i've been doing that um i'm still freelance animating uh explainer videos i've done oh man since i started animating those in 2016 i've done over 150 explainer videos Yeah, <laughs> that, that's my bread and butter. I could I could turn those out pretty quickly, which is there you which go. Is great. It's yeah. nice. It's a nice side income. So I'm still, awesome. doing, still doing that. And uh, I'm a Skillshare teacher, although I might be moving um, my next batch of classes to the MoGraph.com site. Oh, yeah. When that uh, kicks off, which is really exciting. But I, I'm really passionate about time and project management and productivity and kind of how to hack your brain. Uh, Cause I found out recently that I'm pretty sure I'm like hundred percent sure I'm undiagnosed ADHD and I've had to fight against my brain my whole life. And I've found a lot of great tips and tricks on how to do that using like gamification and sensory memory. Hmm. So, so that's oh, me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jen, for joining again. Good to see you. And you're where are you based? Oh, right. I'm in um, Portland, Oregon right now. But um, in five weeks, I'm moving to Loveland, Colorado. Oh, that's right. Nice. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, you might get the award for being up the earliest. Yeah, 7 a.m. here or 2030 <laughs> now with makeup and coffee. So there you go. And, oh, and it's man, my day off. Ready. It's also Ooh. my day off. So All right. <laughs> well, thanks I'm for joining, ready. Jen. Yeah. <laughs> And Vishal, I got you up next. All right. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Vishal. I'm based in India. And, uh, you know, it's finally, it's, uh, I'm really glad uh, Monday meetings is back on again. It's been a very, like, uh, long, uh, it's long overdue, I've been thinking. <laughs> and uh, between the last meeting and this one, I got married, moved to, moved to another city and, uh, you know, uh, uh, career has been like motion design has been uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, explainers as well uh, but I've been you know trying to move towards more 3D and uh, a bit of frame animation as well but it's good yeah awesome. so far it's good now Vishal you had started a Monday meeting type thing yeah with a buddy for Indian artists right yes yes are you still uh, doing we, that yeah, yeah, we do it every uh, Wednesday, uh, every first Wednesday of every month. Uh, uh, yeah, first Wednesday of every month. So we kind of have artists from all over India uh, and 
sometimes like uh, you know it's not strictly india because we have other artists come uh, come up as well uh, yeah. once we had a uh, like i <laughs> once we actually had someone from ukraine join in and uh, you know it was it was kind of uh, great to you know uh, get to talk to him and all and uh, it was kind of you know we invite other artists to talk about what's going on in the industry maybe talk about how they do certain projects and everything you know give project breakdowns and you know it's basically to give uh, everyone here uh, you know what's going out there in uh, in the international industry because uh, not many people are connected here to the international uh, community mm-hmm. of motion design so uh, we thought you know that would be a good way to you know give something back awesome and what's the what's the website for that uh, the community name is uh, f9 collective uh, you can find it uh, as f9collective.com we we sort of use the you know the easy ease keys uh f9 so we sort of oh yeah there you go that. nice <laughs> yeah. so and uh we call the meetings uh just uh you know toggle meetings that's you know just a random name that one of them uh, suggested and we thought okay awesome so well, yeah I mean, drop uh, the link in the chat and we'll okay. uh we'll post it with the show notes and stuff for anyone who would want to join that one as well so oh yes yes uh awesome well thanks for being here vishal good to see you again yes. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you very yeah. much for restarting it. Yeah, of course. Of course. And next on my matrix, I've got Maurice. I don't know if you want to pop on or not, but sure. let me say this. Every, you don't have to get on if you don't oh. want to. <laughs> uh, I, I'm super excited because I think I've, I've desperate, desperately been looking for something like this. I am um, self-taught. And uh-huh. during COVID basically was my, my life change for a lot, a lot of people. In other words, uh, you know, before being a motion graphics artist, 2D, 3D, I was doing project management for 20 years and then COVID happened. And I just said, I, I can't do spreadsheets anymore. I just don't want to do it. So, um, so I've been doing, you know, self-instruction for the past three years. Um, and I took a year course and um, but the difficulty has been actually finding and connecting with people face to face. Like I've been in a couple of Slack channels and I've been going to a couple of in-person meetups now that COVID is sort of subsiding in some parts of yeah. the world, but, <clears throat> but, um, actually meeting and connecting with people face to face and talking to people in this fashion is, is super important and super, um, exciting so thank you for doing this i really super appreciate it oh yeah of course and where are you based uh, i'm in brooklyn in brooklyn New York. you're in brooklyn okay yeah sweet well well um i mean this is a great community and and it has been and now i'm really excited to again bring it to more people um and i think there's quite a few people that come in and out of these meetings from the brooklyn area so hopefully cool. you can meet up with some some other artists um but thanks for joining this is great to have you yeah. And I might, I mean, I'm not sure how I can help, but I might email you to see how I can help support somehow. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that would be great. Uh, right awesome. On. Thank you, awesome. Thanks, Maurice. And Ben, I've got you up next on the matrix here. What's up everyone. Uh, it's cool to see everyone like just from around the world, just all, all corners. Uh, it's really cool. Um, yeah. so I'm from Michigan. Uh, so East coast time, right on the border of, you know, that area. Um, I'm in Southeast Michigan near Detroit. So 
I know oh, there's okay. a, a few folks uh, in the community like Box Fort and Hobbs, like they're downtown Detroit. That's cool uh, to that, that there's a community here. Um, but I I come from a background of like web and product design. Uh, okay. And when when COVID hit, I kind of like took it as an opportunity to learn 3D in motion. And I like pivoted my entire career. Dave and I worked together at a company called Mango Languages and we were building oh. like this 3D product. Um, and I learned a lot from Dave and we, you know, worked on some cool stuff. But since then I've been working with product companies helping out with like 3D and motion design internally and on their marketing channels. I currently work at a company called Wealth Simple. They're a Canadian like fintech company. Okay. Um, and I work as a staff designer on their 3D in motion for the for the marketing side. Um, but I also have personal work that I do. Like if uh, you might have seen on social media, like my abstractions project, where it's like these little like self-contained animations. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's kind of open doors for me from like doing projects. Like I've, I've had a lot of opportunities to work with like companies like Google um, and Ben and Jerry's doing like 3D animation stuff for them. Uh, yeah. Really fun stuff. And uh, I've learned a lot from from avenues like like the Slack uh, School of Motion podcast have been great uh, to learn from. So happy to yeah. contribute whatever I can. Well, that's I mean, that's part of it, too, is, you know, I feel like there's a lot of us that wouldn't even be able to pull this off kind of as a career if we weren't sharing knowledge and we weren't kind of a global community that helped each other out. And I mean, from all the various industries I've kind of been in and worked in and whatnot, like I've really never seen so many people so willing to share and help out and like, let me, let me help you troubleshoot this. Oh, here's the project yeah. file or whatever it may be. You know, yeah. it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty epic. Um, so thanks for joining. And Hey, I have to say, I think it was you that you're, you're moving to blender. Was that you? Was that your tweet on, or something? On April 1st, <laughs> I, I moved to blender. Yep. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for being here, Ben. Sight. Uh, next, we got Matt up uh, in the Matrix. What up? What up? Dude, we're twins today. Twinsies. Cam Mograph. Um, my name is Matt Krause. Uh, my handle's Krause in Motion. Um, I, I did this in the very beginning, too. And then I, I always have calls and meetings happening around this time on a Monday. <laughs> but uh, today, I'm free. And so I'll, I'll try to, if we're going to get this going again, I'll try to do it as much as I can. Um, yeah, sweet. Let's see. I do uh, 2D, 3D VFX. Um, I've been doing this about 13 years. I started as a graphic designer and then um, kind of I needed more. I would like motion. And so I, uh, I learned it at school. And so I decided to just go for it. Um, and so that's kind of my strength and passion about good design and good motion at the same time and marrying the two. Um, so mainly I work with uh, studios freelance and also direct to client. Um, so I'll build teams, whether it's just me or like, I call myself, I like, I've always struggled with that. Like, do I say I'm freelance? Do I say I'm a studio? So now I just kind of say network studio, um, oh, which could nice. be just me or it could be a group of people. Um, I do game trailers, live event, um, support graphics. I do a lot of explainers too, like bread and butter. I've been doing that forever. I could do that all day long. Um, I'm kind of like done doing that. Uh, but I'll still do it, you know, to pay sure. the bills, but it's just kind of something I needed to like tell myself, okay, I need to move on a little bit. And, um, either that, or it needs to be 
very creative, you know, like there's some, mm-hmm. those, some explainers of the clients are like, just do whatever you want. And now those are like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. Cause then you can be as creative <laughs> as you want with it. Right. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of the things you asked. Um, I have slowed down a little this year, slowing down being like, I've got like five ish projects going right now. Um, that's slow for me. And cause I can like kind of just juggle them and like layer them out. Um, mm-hmm. but it's great. Cause I've been able to finally like start updating my reel on my website, which I mm-hmm. haven't done in like four years <laughs> so people see my stuff and it's so old and they're like do you do like more than this I'm like yeah so i have like you know like, <laughs> yeah. like frame my own links all my, my new stuff and i'm like shit i need to um probably do that now so um awesome. that, yeah that's that's what i've been up to and you're based in the dallas area right yeah i'm based in the dallas area awesome well thanks for joining again matt good to see you yeah Next on the matrix, I've got Sam. Uh, I guess I um, kind of vibed with what Augusta was saying about uh, Swiss Army Knife. Um, jumped around to a lot of different design industries. Was kind of born in art and design communities. Uh, so I first started off in architecture. Quickly realized what a horrible industry it is to be a part <laughs> of. Um, and so got myself out early. Uh, did. Um, graphic design, some work with some fashion, uh, did a lot of like R&D projects for various things, did some uh, work with real estate visualization, um, and then mostly in the past several years been doing product design related things and uh, industrial design. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, connecting the pipelines of industrial design to the marketing collateral. Uh, because there is so much kind of disconnect between the original industrial design, what the factory is doing, and what the marketing team is doing. And so trying mm-hmm. to integrate those workflows um, in ways that you know make sense and, and help the product along. Uh, so I do a lot of prototyping, um, visualization, uh, and doing more and more animations for products, which I, I really enjoy doing. Uh, not so much explainer, more kind of mm-hmm. story building around the the essence of the product. Um, so I've been doing some case studies internally to kind of show off what I think is the potential there. Um, nice. And also kind of in the process of potentially starting my own studio with a couple of friends of mine. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been part of the Grayscale Gorilla community a lot, which... Uh, as some of you have mentioned, has that vibe of like everyone's helping everyone so much and mm-hmm. just like providing case, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, like sample files for people to work off of. So I love being part of that. I'm a moderator over there. So um, really enjoy helping people in that regard. Been doing more teaching as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd like to get more into that. Um, and uh, I actually launched my own product a couple of years ago which uh, is now starting to do really, really well. Still got to pour every dollar back into the company. <laughs> um, uh, did some 3D uh, NFT projects last year, which were really interesting because mm-hmm. I feel like NFTs got a really bad rap. Um, mm-hmm. People were, you know, any new technology misused and abused goes to that adolescence phase. But I think yeah. there's a long ter- lot of long-term potential as a kind of publishing medium. Um, and I saw 3D as a way to kind of elevate the level of effort and art that was required to be put in so that you wouldn't get that pump and dump vibe 
because yeah. you want to put in all that effort to do 3D. If yeah. It's just for that. So had had some pretty good success with that before the market tanked. Um, yeah. I'm kind of biding my time to wait for that to build back up. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like the tough thing and we don't, we won't go down this rabbit hole quite yet, but I'm a firm believer that this whole NFT, like the, the blockchain, the provenance, that all that, like, I've been saying this for years, but like concert tickets, dude, like forget getting ripped off on a concert ticket or getting a fake ticket or, you know, stuff like that. It, it will eventually hit mass market for like everything we buy, you know? Yeah. So, um, well, awesome, Sam. Thanks so much for being here. Nice oh, to connect. And, uh, with you. By the way, I'm from Brooklyn, New York as well. So, uh, oh, there you go. Maurice, if you want to come to Greece or um, any other New York, uh, Brooklyn people. Yeah. And uh, Natasha's here as well. And she's in, she's cool in New York. And out in, um, uh, in East New York. Okay. Right on. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely get all you, uh, New Yorkers connected here. Um, well, thanks for joining, Sam. Great to see you. Um, next in my matrix, I have Alex Parker. What's up? Good to see you. Hi friends. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Well, we're just kind of going around Robin here and, uh, just doing a little intro of everybody where Monday meetings are back. I know you had joined in previous meetings years ago, but, um, good to see you again. Yeah, it's so good to see everybody. Uh, so I'm Alex Parker. I'm normally a Dallas native, but we're in College Station right now, which is like three hours south. Um, and I would say I'm usually like on the side of like a 3D generalist. I like to do character work. I don't really do as much of it as people think that I do, but I wish I did. Um, and a lot of stylized 2D work I really enjoy. And then I've been over at Disney Parks for the last like year and a half. Um, and I kind of stopped freelancing while I was there genuinely because I was scared that that like I'd get fired if like Mickey Mouse <laughs> found out that I was like doing stuff under the hood. So I've gotten over that because um, I ran Ladybird before all of that, like my freelance brand that I absolutely adored. And I kind of just like I kept it alive barely while I've been at Disney. Um, but this year, I'm really excited about just like reviving it a little bit, especially mm. in the like in this wave of these absolutely brutal Disney layoffs everybody's been in. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the, my personal journey now is kind of learning, like that's been fun for a year and a half, but like I kind of lost myself a little bit this past mm. year because that was such a huge bit of my identity. So thank you all for coming to my therapy session that I've just started. <laughs> but that's been my, like my goal this year is to kind of like rediscover what I like to do as an artist, mm-hmm. not what my day job defines for me so yeah that's awesome that's me y'all didn't sign up for that but yeah well thanks for being here alex it's great to see you yeah Um, next we have natasha up on the matrix here hi i'm Natasha, also in new york city and i help host a meetup every last tuesday of the month so connect with me if if you don't know about it already um So I was a jewelry designer and maker for 20 years and I got totally burnt out of doing that. Like sometimes when you do your creative thing for a career, it, you just like are over it at some point. So I was looking for a new path and I was thinking about like 
maybe I'll be a UX designer or maybe I'll even be a software engineer because I had a bunch of friends who were breaking into that. And then my friend sent me in 2020 this clip of something he was playing with in Cinema 4D and I couldn't sleep that night. I was like, okay, that is it. That like, I just became <laughs> obsessed with it. So the first like winter, the first six months, I just, I bought like the uh, Hello Lux class and just sat and like learned from modeling because, you know, coming from like a physical product background, I felt like modeling was my entry into it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then like, I had never met a motion designer before. And I jumped into the School of Motion Cinema 4D Ascent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started to get tapped into the community and then I met like, uh, Jen and we started this accountability group and, you know, some people are like, in skills, so maybe you should take animation boot camp. So I did that and they were right. And like, but, you know, first I met Jen and I, I met another woman named Casey Smith and, um, we have another woman, Tessa and we, those, we've been to like joined together for more than a year um and through them like they're like you gotta come to Camp MoGraph and (laughs) I went to NAB so I've just been like getting to know the community it is really a great community like jewelry people are so secretive they will never Mm. be like you know they're like I will never tell my supplier to you (laughs) you know yeah yeah I really I really love that aspect like I did have a project where I got stuck and I posted it and like somebody like opened it up fixed it for me and then was like oh here's your file and I'm like what (laughs) so anyway um who's going to NAB I'm gonna be there so I look forward to seeing anybody yeah yeah I think there's NAB's uh, a yearly event for those who don't know uh, out in Las Vegas. It's the National Association of Broadcasting. Uh, It's a massive massive conference in vegas i think there's over a hundred thousand people there's a lot of people that uh just like um show up and hang out there's a lot of places that show off all their new gear or will have presentations showing off some of the new software features or whatnot so there's always a, a pretty gr- good group of people that uh swing through nab um but it is also las vegas it is also chaos and just crazy and you're on your feet for 12 hours a day walking probably 20 miles. And anyway, it's a good time though. (laughs) Um, okay. Well, I'm now finished up with the, the matrix of video on people. I I'm not sure there's a few people that don't have their videos on. So at this point, I'll probably just keep you guys or keep all of you, um, off the intro thing, unless you really want to let me know in the chat. Um, but I guess let me do this too, Sam. I see your hands up, but let me. I I'm realizing I never introed myself, so let me do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but my name's Mark. I've been doing this Monday meeting thing for a while with Liam, and for those who are just joining, uh, Liam has decided just to kind of step back from Monday meetings for the time being. So we might see him later, or who knows? But um, all good. Uh, I do. Sp- primarily uh, product visualization for the outdoor and lifestyle industries. My main tools are your Cinema 4Ds, your Houdinis, Redshift, Octane, all that good stuff. Um, And 
the other side project I have going on is Camp MoGraph and Camp MoGraph is also a community driven uh, event that happens each year in the middle of September. This year we'll be doing it in Colorado, about an hour south of Denver. Um, it's a passion project, like personal project that has now turned into a business and it's a little I'll just say fucking crazy <laughs> because now it's like I had no intentions of it going that big. Um, but I run it with uh, the other directors, uh, Matt Milstead and Dave Koss and Julie Bennett from MoGraph.com. Um, and they they help make it run because I can't do it by myself. On top of all that, that camp is also essentially run by all of the staff and volunteers that volunteer to help out. Um, it's definitely like a, a communal event that won't be able to happen with everyone without everyone's support. We keep it small. So um, tickets go on sale on 420 at noon Eastern. Um, they go quick. So if you're interested in going, be sure to be ready with your click finger. Uh, and outside of that, yeah, I mean, we're just happy to bring the Monday meeting stuff back to, again, provide another community platform like this. And even if it's connecting a handful of you or someone gets one useful thing out of one of these meetings, then um, it's totally worth doing. So um, I just want to say thanks to all of you for joining as we re-kick this thing off. And then I'll, I'll throw it back over to Sam. You, you got your hand up. Yeah, just wanted to mention uh, there is also a NAB uh, over on the East Coast. Uh, I'm not sure if this is going to show up. Oh, blur, yep. But um, there, it's uh, called NAB Show New York, um, also annual. I was at it and got to meet uh, Nick from Grayscale. Um, so not quite as massive as the Vegas one, but it's still the Javits Center. So still a lot, a lot of good opportunities there. Yeah, totally. And um, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I mean, let's just dive into some event stuff really quick, too, because I see a lot of chat in the chat. Uh, but we have Dash Bash in July and Dash Bash is um, run by Dash Studio uh, down in Raleigh, North Carolina. They uh, have a really thing, a really cool thing going there as well. Um through Dash Bash and through Camp MoGraph, I've gotten to know Mac, uh, who's one of the owners of Dash Studios and one of the uh, directors of the Dash Bash. And um, what they're doing over there is really cool. Um, big supporter of their event. Um, all of this kind of, I don't want to call it grassroots stuff, but like it's not necessarily supported by like you know, like Dell technologies or anything. It's more like just endemic sponsors. It's about our community and just kind of getting people together. Um, so what they're doing over there is awesome. There's also a great uh, meetup or excuse me, uh, event in Chicago in September called half res and the uh, Chicago C4D uh, group runs that. Um, and that's, they do a monthly meetup similar to what Natasha, uh, was alluding to with hers. Um, but every September they kind of blow it out and rent a big place and have bigger guests come in and talk and, and whatnot. Grayscale Gorilla is pretty involved with that one, or at least Chris Schmidt. Um, and, uh, I think Nick's also pretty involved in that one as well. Um, local meetups and stuff. I, I can't speak 
you know, uh, 100% on that, but I know a few of us, even in this call run them, uh, Natasha, I think Jen, you said, aren't you part of a, a Portland one? Yeah. Uh, Zach Lovett runs yeah, the Portland okay. one. And then, um, EJ, Scott Unruh, Ryan Summers, they all do the big Denver one. I'm super excited to join. One. Right. There's a Denver one. So, you know, if you have any questions or you're interested in whether or not there is a meetup or, you know, a group in your area, uh, if you can't find the information online, feel free to, you know, uh, drop us a message here and we can try to connect you. Um, and Byron saying third Thursdays in Denver. There you go. Really big hey, group Byron. every month. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, so this is a little bit different of a call just because we're kind of like getting this thing kicked off again. And I, I wanted just to get everyone involved, but how we normally roll these would, you know, either have an open discussion where we essentially maybe pose a topic and we all just kind of riff on that, or feel free to come to any of these with questions or ideas or something that you may want to run by a group of motion designers. Um, so, you know, I assume in the next few weeks and in the next uh, few meetings, we'll probably start diving more into topic based things, maybe, well, probably AI stuff, probably, you know, freelancing stuff. Um, a lot of things that are just kind of up in the air right now, you know, like a lot of change is happening rapidly in our industry, in our world, in just the design industry, tools, software, all that stuff. So uh, I'm really curious to kind of dive in to some of those. Um, Sam, uh, most of the time, these meetings, we try to keep them about an hour just because obviously it is a you know, a time you're away from work or you're not necessarily, you know, uh, creating much at that time. But um, yeah, about an hour plus or minus. Um, and, you know, we're also trying to figure out the best time to do these. You know, we've experimented with a like an afternoon time in the East, um, which is OK. And that gets some more West Coast people. But I mean, we're a global industry, a global community, and unfortunately, we can't please everybody per se. Um, but yeah, it's uh, we'll probably keep this 10 a.m. Eastern time slot for a bit. And then if we do get some feedback saying to shift those hours, then we'll consider that. Um, but I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, not necessarily off the top of my head. One thing I did want to share though, was that, um, I tried to pull together some interesting links to check out. Um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with, um, TJ Kearney, but he was one of the directors over at, I think he was at odd fellows for a while. And then, or either Oddfellows or Giant Ant, one of the two, I forget. And now he's at Work & Co. Uh, but he put out a tweet, uh, I think it was yesterday or maybe two days ago. Uh, let me just try to find it real quick here. Um, it's worth looking up and worth talking about because I think um, it is uh, kind of like the state of the, dare I say state of the industry, but like his whole point to the tweet is and sorry i am talking while trying to find the link so pardon my terrible talking um 
essentially he's saying like there's just been after COVID creative production stopped from live action. A lot of stuff went animation. The, 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 the content need is always there. So, um, his whole point is that all these companies just randomly expanded or randomly rapidly expanded. And, um, from there they were just bloated. And so now a lot of these companies that are having layoffs or, you know, the, the, it seems like the labor market's all just uncertain and moving around quite rapidly. A lot of it is because everything bloated too much. And now it's, trimming back down to where it needs to be and there through that trim down there's a lot of gaps of of uh um say process and uh you know who's taking accountability now that this project manager might not be here anyway it was one of those tweets that was like okay shit's going crazy right now i understand yeah, I don't I don't know if you understand either, Siri, but um, but his whole the way he wraps it up is that there's a positive outlook because through all these cuts, there's all these new gaps showing up in these business models. And it's going to take a lot of time for them to rehire those people rather than just find an external vendor or an external artist to start producing that for for the company. So. In my head, I'm like, well, that's actually a pretty interesting take because yes, a lot of stuff did get bloated and now it's getting trimmed back. But now there, the need for that content is still going to be there just because they trim down like employees doesn't mean they're trimming down their content. I mean, it's just what's expected these days. So in a way there was like, you know, a lot of hope where if you can ride out the next maybe six months to a year or so we all might be in a very good position again of knowing kind of like our technical knowledge of programs and stuff, but then combining that with the uh, kind of the creative. And then also a lot of us who are kind of in a freelance position or, you know, running our own thing. I mean, we're project managing and producing these jobs, even if you don't know it, you know, because you're that point person. So Going back to the Swiss Army knife analogy, I think that's going to hopefully play to our advantage uh, in the longer term. But in the short term, it might be a little crazy that, you know, so here's to hoping. Uh, and Jen, I see your hands uh, raised. So pop on in. OK, I was going to say we had this conversation recently, actually, in our accountability group that we think that oh, cool. a big part of of what's also going on is there's a lot of new freelancers in motion design that happened during mm. the pandemic. And so everyone is starting to freak out because they don't, they didn't realize before when the slow parts of the year were happening. And so now that we're getting back to normal, uh, they're freaking out because they were so used to the, like the influx of requests that yeah. were coming in. 
Also, they're seeing less jobs being posted. But I think a big reason for that is that a lot of companies started building up their freelance roster. So they already have mm-hmm. a list to work from. So they're they're not post having to post anything really online. So mm-hmm. it's I don't think it's as bad as everyone thinks it really is right now. You know, keep networking, figure out what your soft and transferable skills are. Because like you said, especially if you're freelancing, you're, you're wearing all the hats. You have mm-hmm. all those different skills. You just have to communicate that to whoever you're applying to. Yeah, totally. Totally. Thanks for saying that. Uh, Augustine, you got your hand up as well. Yeah, I was going to say that like, mm, I've noticed with my American friends, uh, that is kind of like the consensus that things are slowing down over there. Here in Europe, I think we haven't felt that that much. Mm. I think also like COVID opened the doors, like I said, to like worldwide collaboration. Yeah, that means that like there's less work for only people in the U.S. because now they know there's talent everywhere with mm-hmm. with, with its good things and bad things because we all know that this all there's there is always this run to the you know cheapest we can have and so we're gonna people are gonna go search for like people doing for cheap you know for example in the U.K. motion mm-hmm. designers are very badly paid compared for the rest of Europe mm-hmm. like very low they they get paid like for example. 400 uh, bucks, like pounds, where here we're paid like 650. But the quality is also good in the UK. You know, so like there's also this like now yeah. global economics that come into play. And uh, and you you touched base this like in the beginning of the call. And I think we won't have any, enough time to, to talk about it today, but the introduction of AI, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. like that's going to be like, a massive disruption, not only for us, but I think like for every job outside in the world is going to be like, and and you always have like for me two issues. It's like one is this frees us from the mundane and horrible tasks like goodbye Roto, goodbye Green Key, you know, let's, <laughs> let's do, let, let, let the AI do that, you know, like, and then we can all like focus on like highest elevated things you know, that's yeah. the utopia, that's the good side of the story. And then the, there's the bad side of the story where we get replaced, you know, and, and you, you can see some companies going like one way and some other companies going the other way. You know, like mm-hmm. Microsoft just fired 10K people even more like now, but they invested 10 billions in ChatGPT. So that tells you something. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, so, it, it, go ahead. No, no, I was going to just finish. I was going to say like, so like you said, it's a flux, you know? Yeah. It's always like ups and downs. And uh, and in the end, like for that, for us that managed to stick into it, we will find a way. You know, it's just that now, like you said, it's uncertain. We just don't know yet what, where the light is. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, man. Yeah. Hot topic. And we can, we could hit this thing for a long time right now, but. I I won't go too deep in it, but my really, my, my, uh, thought on this whole thing is it's another technology. It's another tool in our belt and we just need to learn it and try to leverage it as much as possible. Because if you think about it, yes, chat GPT is the first app to onboard hundred million users in whatever two days or whatever they did it in. But like being able to combine all of this technology and relate it to our creative and our creative services that we offer and whatnot, like if it allows me to level up and become more efficient 
that's what I'm excited about. I'm not necessarily excited to like start cutting people out of the workflow. It's just like, all right, well, if I need, you know, to bang out this idea that I woke up with rather than sitting and drawing it, I'm just going to like throw some prompts in, get some ideas out. Maybe it doesn't do anything, but it's just, I had to get it out. And I used to do that in cinema. Right. But that was still a day of just throwing some materials on, just framing the shot. And now I can just within 10 minutes, have a storyboard. Like to me, that is just very exciting. So I think, uh, yeah, there's so many ways to look at it. And I, I just think that if, if we're not paying attention and we're not looking on, uh, looking at it on how we can leverage it as creatives to enhance what we do and make ourselves more efficient, then I think we're kind of leaving some stuff on the table there. And if we are able to leverage that early and really understand it, then I think that's going to be another tool in your belt that could make you rise above an, another person or whatever. If you're in a job, you know, uh, offer or whatnot. Um, very exciting, very crazy times, but uh, yeah, excited to see where this all goes. And um, I mean, happy to, continue talking about this with other creatives because it is a hot topic. Um, Sam, go ahead. I see your, your hand up. Yeah, I've had, uh, I've had this conversation with a lot of uh, technophobic people in my life um, <laughs> around, not just around AI, but around like any technological advance. And I always kind of like look back at like historical examples of when there was a massive shift in technology yeah, and how we reorganized ourselves around that. And the people who are willing to adjust themselves around that change versus the people who are like, no, this is the way we do it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it doesn't replace the people who are willing to be flexible. Right. Yeah. Uh, the one example I always go back to is the Bronze Age. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, you know, there was all these stonemasons, mm -hmm. and that was the way everything was done. All tools were built that way. And there was no reason to think that there was any other way. And then suddenly bronze hit. And it's like, if you weren't willing to adjust your trade to this new situation, you probably weren't going to have much of a trade left. Now, I mean, there are still stone workers today, but it's definitely not as, uh, you know, broad as it was. So mm -hmm. uh, and and the tribes that, you know, unfortunately, were like, no, we're not going to do this. Those are the ones that got completely wiped out because, as I said earlier in the call about like NFTs, you know, any new technology is going to get used in the worst way possible first. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing we made with bronze was these weapons to take out the stone. <laughs> right, right. But like, then once we got beyond that kind of initial urge, we started making more and more creative things out of bronze. And so that that's the same way I see every time there's this new technology, it's okay. We can rely on some baser instinct people to misuse this and abuse it. And it might disrupt a lot of our current kind of modalities and jobs. But if we're willing to be flexible and kind of think outside the box of, okay, how can we utilize this to benefit instead of detract? Mm -hmm. That ultimately is where things end up anyway. And mm -hmm. so the, the people who can adjust to that quicker are going to be the people who get to lead that next level. Um, so totally. like, you know, I think 
3D printers one day will be in everyone's houses. You know, like there was a point where people would scoff at the idea that computers would be in everyone's houses. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And now they're I mean, not just in everyone's houses, there's in everyone's pocket. You know, <laughs> exactly. They're going to be in everyone's, they planted everyone's brain one day. And, yeah. you know, as uncomfortable as that may be, that's the likely outcome of where we're headed. Um, yeah. And so just to figure out like, okay, this is going to get used both good and bad, but how can we, as people who are behind the scenes creative, kind of try to show more examples of how it can be used good. Totally. Well, and you know, where there are jobs taken, there are jobs added too, because like, you know, think about farming, right? People used to farm by hand, then then came the tractor and it's like, what are all these farmers going to do? And then, you know, and now these days, I mean, farming is essentially run by GPS, you know, and it's like, well, essentially now there's teams of people creating the software to run the track. So it's just like always it, it, it technology disrupts our normal way of living or our, 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 our use. uh, What's, what's the word I'm what we're used to. Right. And so now it's just like, well, just adapt and keep moving forward. I don't know. Like, obviously we can go super deep on this. Augustin, I'll, I'll call on you. And then Maurice, I, I saw you had your hand up at one point, but if, uh, if you want to jump in after Augustin, feel free to. Yeah, no, I just wanted to to clarify that. Like I, wa- I wasn't like, I'm not against the technology at all. You know, like the, mm. anyway, the cat is out of the bag. So the Pandora's box is <laughs> right, open. Right. There's, there's no like turning back. So that that's like that's clear enough, and I think the technology is capable to like to do wonderful things for us. Like mm-hmm. I, like like I I just joked about it, but like again, if I can like never do proto again or never do <laughs> yeah, Rinky right. again, you know, like please, like I'm sold, you know, like just give it to me now, <laughs> right, right. Um, I I'm just like I I, but I just think that with the difference of like the Bronze Age, uh, that you um mentioned, Sam like the implications of this technology go way, like it's way more deep than just a tool. Mm -hmm. Because here the tool can like do other things that prior, like, you know, prior to like software and everything, like a truck couldn't drive by itself. And and even if you do a GPS and everything, well, now it's the software driving it. But Mm -hmm. the more and more like the software like does things for us, is we need to find like, okay, well, now that the software does that for us, like, what do we do? So like you said, you we need to adapt. But like the part where I'm like, kind of like still like looking at it, like dubious is this software is not like free. Mm-hmm. It's been developed by like huge corporations. And, and we all know what those corporations have behind their heads generally. You know, like, even if you have the old PR, blah, blah, you know, about like the humankind and this and that, like in the end, it's just money. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so that's the part where I'm I'm kind of like careful, you know, it's not the tool, like the tool sure. by itself, it's fine. It's just the people behind it because some of them have like openly said like, yeah, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna like no more need your narratives. Like you don't need this anymore. You don't need more people in factories. You don't need more people like it's fine. You want to kill those jobs? That's fine. But then, what do we do? We you know with the people, because when you when you when you do something as heavy as that, you need to think about those things. I think. 
You know, like yeah. when, when, when like automatically, like uh, cars that drive themselves started being hitting the road, like Fortune 500s started having like global worldwide meetings to discuss what do we do with workforce? Like that's a topic that was being taken account of. You know, it's like, it's not just releasing this and like, we will see it. It's just mm -hmm. like you release, but you have like, okay, we know we're going to kill, I don't know, 90% of the truck drivers, you know, which in the US, for example, is like a huge task force. Like, mm. well, then you, if you're responsible, I think you, right. you just release that because the tech is like definitely useful. Like somebody driving 20 hours in, in one stretch is like horrible. But then like, what do you do with the person? Then you have, you have to plan those things out. Right, not just right. like, you know, like, yeah, it's not just like, yeah, write code and spray it everywhere. And the, okay, we're good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I have my money. So, you know, the rest of us, like, right, I don't know. I don't right. care. <laughs> yeah. No, it'll be interesting to, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And I mean, geez, plays out it, what chat GPT has been around for like four months in public beta. <laughs> it's like, it seems like years ago. And at this point, you know, um, I, I see Roland, you have your hand up, but Maurice, did you want to pop in at all? Yeah, I was just quickly going to say, you know, speaking as someone who has landed in this industry recently within, you know, the past year or so, uh, it's it's super, super early. I remember when back in the clubhouse days when the NFT thing was happening and everybody was just how excited, excited about how NFTs were going to change the world. And now we barely kind of have not talked about it as much. And I think the panic is just how we as humans have a, a current mental mind frame of how things work. And then when something disruptive comes in, there's just mass panic because mm -hmm. people are like, well, what do we do now? This has changed the way that I, I do a thing. So I think it's helpful for me to just be mindful that it's super, super early and we don't know where these things are going to land. Um mm -hmm. And it's helpful for me to, to learn about it and stay ahead of it, but also not chase every single thing because then I do start to panic about. Right. right. Cool <laughs> sure. Like, well, shit, I got to learn this now. And what's this going to do? So mm -hmm. um, but you, you guys actually already made a couple of points that I had too. So that was, that's all I wanted to say. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Roland, uh, feel free to pop on. All right. Yeah. Um, I just shared a video link on the chat um it's called the ai dilemma and it's a bit long um but i think it's really good uh, ai is beautiful it's brilliant it's going to get better but there are inherent issues in it which a lot of us in the creative um industry are not so familiar with mm -hmm. We're all happy, oh shit, we can do this, we can do that. You know, like I suck at 3D and I'm thinking, fuck, now I'm going to be good at 3D finally. <laughs> you know, <laughs> here's my opportunity finally. But um, there's, there's a part in the video, I think it's it's, it's, it's a good video. Um, it's just a bit long, unfortunately, so you, you, you have to, you know, invest some time in it. But there's a section where, where they had a, a, someone pretending to be a little kid and chat GBD went on this grooming session with this oh. person who pretended to be a little kid. Yeah. So there are inherent dangers in there. Yeah. Uh, we um, while um either parents or or we may have nieces and nephews. Um, so those are uh, real concerns. 
that that uh, because things which are very bad can somehow become the norm. Yeah, in a unexpected way. Mm-hmm. So chat GPT like bloody awesome, blah blah blah. But put it with a kid who put it know. in the wrong hands or or someone. Yeah, one hundred percent. You just don't know yeah. how it's going to react to that. Exactly. So I'm um, and just one last thing is um, there's going to be new jobs. Mm-hmm. New jobs will be created. So old jobs, some old jobs, maybe less will be fewer. But I think demand for content is going to grow as it has always been growing for the past many, many years. So it shouldn't be concerned there. It's just the ethical part that, that should be concerned. Yeah. Um, and this, there's two other things. I, I think while I was doing some research recently on on how to incorporate um, motion graphics into design systems, um, mm-hmm. two jobs, two big jobs um, came on my radar. One is called Creative Ops. The other one is called Design Ops or Operations, yeah? And these are new job titles that came on board the last maybe five, seven years. Mm. Um, and the role of these people in these jobs is to optimize um, the roles of creatives, right? So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to point to that. Like, hey, should, you know, AI is going to be cool. It's going to be great. Um, they're going to be new job roles that, that will come on. So nothing to be yeah. concerned about. Yeah, yeah. I, well, exactly. I mean, for what goes away, something else is going to pop up for it. But at the same time, like we just, you never want people to lose jobs. Right. But like you, that's why I I try to somewhat beat the drum of like, just pay attention to this stuff. Because like, if you don't pay attention to it a year from now, you're going to be like, what is this? And a whole side of the workforce is already a year ahead of you, you know, like just pay attention. And I even tell it to my parents who are like in their seventies. I'm like, this is crazy. Just just keep watching this space, you know? Um, thanks for sharing that video though, because I see in that, um, and we'll put that in the show notes, even the thumbnail is that dude, Tristan Harris. And he's the guy who like invented the, the like, like button, right. For Facebook. So like, I mean, see, I'm interested to watch this now. If there's like a, if the, uh, the description says leading technologists and decision makers, talk about the AI models. And this was uh, recorded March 9th. So not that long ago. So, well, I say not that long ago, but who knows? That was like before chat GPT four, maybe. Uh, but anyway, it will be interesting to uh, watch that. I also posted another link in the chat of a, a Disney artist kind of reacting to what corridor did uh, digital made with um, their kind of AI animation stuff. I actually thought that video was super interesting because he, I think has the same mindset of like, holy crap, this is amazing. Like this is just a new technology. Like there's, there's really nothing new to it of like using a computer for a shortcut essentially. But he said, uh, even if you go all the way back to snow white, uh, or no, was it snow white? It might've been Pocahontas. They've shot the entire movie live action. And then all of the animators traced every frame. So he's like, that's essentially what this software now does, you know? So like 
the techniques, the, the results, people are still, you know, people have been doing this and now it's just faster and it's a little bit better. And, you know, just keep refining. Anyway, he was saying uh, very exciting times for anyone who's in a creative arts field. Being an animator at Disney for years, he thought when CGI came along, he was like done. And he's still around. He's still working on projects. So it was a very interesting take. I encourage people to uh, watch that. I think it's maybe a 15 minute video. Um, but it, to me, that was like somewhat refreshing from like, you know, an animator that has been around in a Disney production for a long time with kind of like, hey, this has already been happening in various formats already. So like, take a breath, get excited, learn the stuff, you know. Um, let's do this, Sam Vishal, and then we'll kind of wrap up because I think we can really start going down uh, a wormhole. And oh, before I do that too, Roland, here's a question for you real quick. As someone who is very good with like After Effects, expressions, stuff like that, I find like a, a being able to essentially test code and help have code verified essentially with a chat GBT type platform is very interesting. And like, I know it's not perfect. I know people are in Houdini are using it to write some Vex and, and all that. And I'm just really curious to see how that plays out. And man, maybe we need to make our own LLM. That is all the documentation from all, you know, animation <laughs> softwares where it's like actually verified. This is how you write it rather than like, it's, scraping the internet to figure out how to write it. I don't know. I just think like you could have a motion design fucking language model that like knows Vex, knows JavaScript, knows everything and can write it correctly, you know? So right. there's an idea of like, how can we leverage this technology to be very useful for us? You know, as, as it is now, chat uh, GPD cannot run the code that means it can't, cannot test the code so you you will have to copy True. And paste right it. right right so what hyperbrew um should i forgot the guy's name um uh, hyperbrew um they've developed a, a script called klutz k-l-u-t-z oh yeah i've seen that popping around yes <laughs> so you can run that in after effects so it's like chat gpt but in after effects it's got its own um ui so it's easier to copy and paste um, the scripts that okay, are yep. generated by 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 ChatGPT. And so, this is uh, a this is a, a name your own price uh, script that's available at AE Scripts. Sorry, um, you can also download it from Hyperboo. Okay, yeah, but um, bear in mind that there are additional costs because when you use Clutch to access the um, ChatGPT, apparently you do. It not via the free way. So there will be costs involved, um, but they're very minimal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very minimal. And there's another popular guy who, who who's also at School of Motion, one of the instructors there. He's come up with a video on YouTube. Um, he's got 163K views. And oh, wow. it's only been around for about six days. And so he covered quite a fair bit on, on three scripts that he developed. Okay. And I actually developed a script months ago, I think. Um, and and I don't script. I do lots of expressions, but I don't script. But I managed to write a script to create alternative comps um, based on my needs to develop adaptive um, brand toolkits. 
Because for adaptive brand toolkits, you need you need your designs to be in different different um, aspect ratios, screen yeah. sizes. So with this one click, now I I start off with HD ten eighty. With this one click, boom, I get I get um whole different sizes automatically. So my one design. Well, feel free eight, to show that right now, Roland, because it sounds like something I might need in the coming week. <laughs> <laughs> I just showed it at the um, Slack MBA. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll post it again after after this this chat. Yeah, feel free to yeah. pop it in the chat too. I'm happy to put that in the show notes as well. It seems oh. like a useful script for people if you it feel is. comfortable in sharing it. But no, no, I've, I've only shared stuff. Not everything. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, let yeah. me move on over to Sam and then Vishal, and then we'll we'll wrap this up. Uh, yeah, just to uh, Roland's original point around um, that kind of blatant misuse of of chat gpt you know there's there are a lot of uh scammers out there who are figuring out new and better ways to use it you know pretending to be people's family members yeah um, right and, and you know and to jen's point about using it against those people to to catch them there are efforts in both directions right and it's kind of like the white hat hacker versus the black hat hacker situation mm-hmm. all over again um but yeah I, I think that like if we if we do look at it as that's the tool it's in our hands now our you know what side are we going to fight for and it's like yes there are probably uh there will always be people who will want to take advantage that way and and use it that way um but i think we've seen that ultimately there will be more individuals and even like against like major corporations that are trying to use it to take away all our jobs because they're so big, like they're clunky with it. Yeah. And individuals always have found a way to circumvent whatever those companies are trying to do to keep us down. Like there's always some use of it that somebody's doing, you know, in their basement, uh, you know, be, being that individual white hat, uh, yep. that I think eventually levels those playing fields. Maybe not completely, like the corporations can spend way more money than we can, but we can be more nimble. Um, totally. We think about that and we, we think about connecting in ways like this. You know, I was part of a group several years ago that kind of had this idea of like, how do we keep that creative technology train going in a way that liberates us instead of you know puts us in the hands of those corporations and they had some really great ideas that I'd, i'll share with you guys and yeah meetings. yeah um, no that's amazing and i totally agree with you on that like i think that is almost some of the benefit of some of these massive tech layoffs is like I, a lot of those i feel like a lot of the layoffs in Gosh, I don't want to sound like rude or or like uh, 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 I feel for these people for sure. But there's so much middle management that it would take so long for that ship to turn. And now like that decision maker can talk to the dev and they can just make it happen and try it the next day. I just feel like it's cut out a lot of, uh, dare I call them like just opinion people that are in, but they have to make a comment because that's their job. Right. And now removing a lot of those 
people is kind of removing friction from being able to iterate and really try things out faster. And, you know, at massive companies like that, like a meta or something, and I really have no idea of their organ, like their structure and, and whatnot with their organization. But I would really feel like there's a lot of people that are just there to sit in meetings, you know, and, and now kind of removing a lot of those people might allow them to be more nimble, just like you were saying. So, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that, Sam. And Vishal, we'll, we'll wrap it up with you and then uh, we'll close down the call for today. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you, Matt. So I, I actually just wanted to uh, say that, you know, I think there is a huge uh, negative uh, attitude towards AI art because a lot of artists, uh, um, you know, took their time to study, uh, went to school, learned it. And so when we uh, create something, it, there is a lot of effort behind it. Uh, but when it comes to, I, I mean, I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm, my uh, knowledge on AI art is still very limited. So, uh, you know, I'm speaking from there. Um, people just, you know, in, just about anyone can give a prompt and art comes. So I've been getting a lot of uh, YouTube recommendations on, you know, what if this character is from so-and-so so -and -so, uh, so -and -so era, like uh, Harry Potter from uh, Victorian era or something like that. And mm. it, it all looks very, very similar. Like mm -hmm. all the art that it generates looks very similar. But then I've seen a couple of artists who, who have been in the industry for uh, for years and them using AI art. And it's, you know, it it stands out. It's, it's you know, it's not similar. It stands out, you know. Uh, you, you don't really know if they've used AI art. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's something that I, you know, I've been thinking, you know, uh, maybe that's how, you know, there is still a separation between artists and you know, normal people using it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, geez, if you've seen on LinkedIn, there's now prompt engineers or like there's, there's a whole new like uh, uh, terminology or job title essentially now yeah. for people who really know how to like use the platforms and somewhat art direct through it. Right. Because there is, I mean, you still have to have some critical thinking to figure out what you want. Like you're not going to just say like, Paint, paint me a pretty picture and it's going to give you exactly what you're thinking, you know, like uh, it's going to get you there quicker, but it's not going to necessarily get you the exact result. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's very, it's very interesting. And Vishal, I think you bring up a good point because I have seen a lot of stuff that looks the same. You're like, okay, mid journey. Okay. Stable diffusion dolly. I mean, even now with Adobe firefly, right? Like a lot of the stuff coming out, looks pretty similar or has that AI vibe to it. Then there are a few artists that I follow and even, you know, 3d people who have kind of just started experimenting more with it. And some of the stuff they're doing is pretty incredible. And like, if you didn't really know, or they didn't disclose what, what they were making like via Twitter or whatnot, you would probably think it's a render or you would probably think it's a, a photo or something. So like, it's really interesting to see the people who are really diving in, learning how to like take advantage. I don't want to say take advantage, but really utilize these tools to the maximum um, ability at this point. One of those artists, I think his last name is Campow, but Mike Campow. Um, I'll put his link in the uh, in the in the chat here. But he's been doing like a bunch of stuff of like 
like fashion design with like McDonald's and all these like high fashion McDonald looking thing. It's pretty funny. Um, but it's just interesting. It's interesting to like see how people are using this and the results they get. Let me just see if I can find them. Anyway, okay, I can't find them on my first search. Anyway, all right, well, I'll drop in the link in the show notes and whatnot. Um, yeah, let's wrap this up. So thank you so much for joining. Um, as of now, we're going to continue doing these on a weekly basis. There'll probably be some laps in the uh, in the schedule, like uh, uh, in a couple of weeks, NAB is happening. So I'll be there. I won't be able to host this. Um, and, you know, as life happens and whatnot, we might have to make some last minute uh, calls on you know, whether or not the, the meeting will happen that week or whatnot, but I'll try to post the, the audio recording of this, um, as soon as I can as well, just to get the, the word out. And so people can listen to it, but thank you so much for joining. Great to see some new faces and some familiar faces. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you here next week at 10 AM. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.